0: Aloha and welcome to Elevating Motherhood. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Lori Beth Aldridge. I've taken my passion for conversation, perspective, and supporting moms and turned it into a podcast. My goal is to talk openly about motherhood, offer new ideas, and help moms find their confidence in this busy and sometimes overwhelming world we live in. We're going to dive deep, open up, and elevate motherhood. Thanks for being here with me. Let's get started. Today's episode of Elevating Motherhood is sponsored by Blossom and Root, a nature-based, Charlotte Mason-inspired homeschool curriculum company that has been gently guiding and supporting families for years. This thoughtful, age-appropriate curriculum begins at the preschool level with options all the way up to fourth grade, with more grade levels being released each year. Blossom and Root is the homeschool curriculum my family uses and loves. The information and ideas and lessons are easy to follow, fun, and engaging. If you're new to homeschool or you're a longtime homeschooler that's looking for an inspired homeschool curriculum to help you gently guide and teach your children, I highly recommend Blossom and Root. Using this curriculum has brought so much connection and joy to our homeschool days. I absolutely love it. Blossom and Root has generously offered a discount code for listeners of Elevating Motherhood. Use the code LORIBETH10, L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H-1-0 at checkout for 10% off your purchase. For more information about Blossom and Root, head over to elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool. That's elevatingmotherhood.com forward slash homeschool. Today's episode is also supported by Homeschool Explained, an online course I created to help parents find their confidence on their homeschool journey. I used to teach in-person workshops here on the island of Maui to help families gather all the information and resources they need, answer all their questions, alleviate concerns, and help them get organized as they started homeschooling. Homeschool Explained is the online version of those workshops. I totally get it. Starting any new journey can be really overwhelming, especially when it comes to rethinking how your kids are going to get an education and that you are going to be their teacher. But don't worry, there is so much support and freedom in homeschooling. It's doable. It's fun and it takes way less time than most people think. I put almost 15 years of homeschool experience and insights into this easy-to-follow, easy-to-use online course that answers common questions, helps you work through worries, and saves you time. No more internet search overload. This is all the info you need to get started homeschooling today from a trusted, experienced source. In Homeschool Explained, I show you what modern homeschool days actually look like, all while covering major topics like curriculum, homeschool styles, subjects to teach, cost, state laws, socialization, and so much more. This course takes the guesswork out of where and how to begin and leaves you with solid support and resources. I want you to start your homeschool journey with confidence. Find out more at homeschoolexplained.com. That's homeschoolexplained.com. Today's episode is quite the lively conversation. It's basically a couple of longtime homeschoolers getting together to talk homeschool and share a wealth of information and passion with each other and with you. Dorenda Wilson is awesome. She is an interpreter of the heart. She understands what mamas think, feel, and worry about and then shares insights with us in such a way that not only do we feel resourced, but we feel equipped to move forward with confidence in our motherhood. In today's episode, we'll specifically be talking about homeschool topics, But you'll see very quickly that her ideas translate into motherhood in general. So whether you homeschool or not, there is something in this episode for you. With more than 25 years of home education experience, Dorinda Wilson is a trusted voice and resource at homeschooling conventions and on the Dorinda Wilson podcast. Her new book, The 4-Hour School Day, is published through Zondervan, which is a HarperCollins company and part of the HarperCollins Christian Publishing. Zondervan is a world-leading publisher and provider of Christian communications. The company's products are sold worldwide and translated into nearly 200 languages. Some of my favorite books come out of this publishing company. Dorinda and her husband, Daryl, have eight kids and six grandbabies with more on the way. As an author and speaker, her greatest joy is helping moms discover God's grace and with it, the courage to put their full-time trust in him moving forward in faith and confidence. You'll see in this conversation that our hearts are rooted in our faith, but this is definitely not just a Christian or faith-based conversation. This is very supportive of all moms who are coming to the table to do what is best for their families and their children. Without further ado, let's welcome the incredibly experienced and informative Dorenda Wilson to the show. Aloha, Dorinda. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. We've already had
0: a great conversation and we haven't even started yet. (laughs) I know. We finally hit record. Man, y'all missed out, but don't worry. There's going to be plenty more good. I love this. I'm a fellow homeschool mom who really appreciates how it is you show up and encourage other people. And I feel like we're doing a lot of the same stuff that you were talking about in your book, the four-hour school day of really trying to give our kids a homespun childhood in the country. And that is not a prerequisite for homeschooling. It doesn't have to be a goal of yours, but I guess I'm just sharing that because when you said those words, I was like, yeah, that's actually what I'm doing too. I love it. I love it. Well, um, I know a lot about you now, (laughs) but I'd love for my listeners to learn more about you in your own words.
1: Okay, well, I am married to Daryl, and we will be married 32 years in just a few weeks. Here,
0: oh, way to I go! Cannot believe that.
1: That's yeah, yeah. I thought it was just my parents that were married that long, but evidently, I am now too. Um- <laughs> But we have eight kids, and their ages are 16 to 30. We have five boys and three girls, and we have our seventh grandbaby on the way. Oh, my god. And we have been homeschooling for over 25 years, so seven of our eight are graduated. And so the four-hour school day is really just sort of uh, one of those big flyovers, um, and along with some practical, uh, you know, practical advice. And, um, just, I think I just really felt like it gave, I hoped, I prayed that it would give parents perspective and, um, just to release the burdens that so many people feel when it comes to homeschooling. So, um, it's been a blessing for our family. I I would never change our decision ever, ever, ever. It was, we always say it was one of the top best decisions we ever made.
0: Oh man. I feel you on that big time. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. A release of burdens. That is what your book is for sure. And I like the flyover image too, because Mm. that, that really is what it is. You, you get into specifics and details and you share stories and you, you, you're, you're pragmatic as well as, you know, you know, mm. you're taking us on the airline tour over top of all of homeschool, but then you're also pointing out specific sites <laughs> as right. we're flying right. over. Right. <laughs> so good. And I, I honestly, I read your book. I read a lot of homeschool books because believe it or not, I've been homeschooling for almost 15 years. Wow. My kids are young, but I part-time homeschooled another set of kids before this. And I we made the decision to homeschool. In case anyone hasn't turned into the podcast by now, and knows the story. We made the decision to homeschool our kids like a couple weeks before we were even engaged. We just because it was so amazing, and I thought this is what I want. I want to be like standing on the Colosseum or the stage of the Colosseum in Rome, learning about Rome. That is how you learn about Rome. It was amazing, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I want to do this for my kids. And what does that even look like? Well. Yeah, well, we got engaged a couple weeks later. It was all part of the plan, but it was just a wild unfolding. We had our child, you know, mm-hmm. within the year after that. And it's just, we've never looked back. And it has been hands down one of the best decisions we have made, too. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading your book, I got that vibe. And I, I just felt like you were like my long lost twin as I was reading this. <laughs> and I was like, well, I agree with everything you said. My review is absolutely read this book. She is spot on. There's nothing else to say. There we go. Let's homeschool. <laughs> let's do this thing yeah, and you mm-hmm. offer so much encouragement to families that I really did want to take a second and encourage you because this book is just really well done and you address so many issues and fears mm-hmm. that people have about homeschooling mm-hmm. and you do offer perspective which is one of my favorite things ever it is so mm-hmm. freeing to widen your lens and consider other perspectives and other ways of looking at life and parenting and and education and family values and everything like that so so I just wanted to say thank you for putting together this incredible resource. Oh, you're you're welcome. It was a joy. It was actually a joy to write, and so I'm
1: That's excited. So it's finally out there, and I'm just praying it'll go into the hands of his, all the parents who um, who need it, who want it. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about where it's going and what it's going to do. I've gotten such great feedback from moms, and I, I think you know at the end of the day, I feel like what I really do is I just put into words what's already in the hearts of moms and parents for their kids. It's just, we don't always know, uh, how strongly we feel about something until someone puts words to it. And so that's really, I think what I do, you know, um, and I think that's, uh, that's a blessing. Cause I know that, 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 other books have done that for me. Um, I didn't realize, you know, I had these strong feelings about something until someone actually started to like, like, like paint the picture and, and say the words and, and put words, put it into words in a way that, um, just really resonated with me.
0: Mm -hmm. An interpreter of the heart, if you will. Right. Right. So good. Oh my gosh. I love it. I do. I want this book in the hands of other moms too. And so I actually want to talk about the title real quick. Um, and the reason for that is I think that uh, some people will come to your book with the perspective of, I don't have time to homeschool Mm -hmm. and they will see the cover the four hour, um, homeschool date and or school day. And they will think I don't have four hours to homeschool. Or there are some of us who we have children. It only takes like an hour You know, one. I always tell people one to four hours. It depends on the age of the kid and how many kids you have and things like that. I'm pretty sure you say the same thing for in your book. Um, That's that's (laughs) it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, she's right on. I was like, man, it's saying a four-hour homeschool day. I think some people will literally come with the with the bias of, oh my gosh, I have to find four hours in my day that I don't have to homeschool. So I'm wondering who came up with the title for this book? Was it you? (laughs) Was it the publisher? Not
1: me. It was my literary agent. And when she first introduced it, I said, no, I don't. I I mean, in my head and heart, I was like, "Mm -mm, that's it doesn't take four hours a day, except if, you know, maybe they're in high school or they right. drug their feet, you know, they're in eighth grade and they drug their feet, but uh, no, it, but I I got to thinking about it because I really just laid it down after that. I thought, I don't think I'm the person to write this, this title. And so I walked away and I didn't call her back for a really long time because I just thought, I don't think this is for me. I don't think this is, I don't want people to look at the book and think I am um, I'm going to tell them exactly how to homeschool, and it's and it's going to take four hours a day. But there was a point at which God just changed my mind, um, mainly because I have an audience uh, of in the homeschool arena already, but I really wanted to reach that audience that wasn't homeschooling yet, or had just started homeschooling, or was has been homeschooling but it's not working because it's taking all day and it's driving them crazy. And yet,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: there is still that myth, even if we know it's not entirely true, a lot of moms are still like, but we didn't, I don't know that we did this long enough today. So that is really at the end of the day, I thought, I think I can hit the whole spectrum. I know I can do that in the book. Um, And then the title um, was, I decided was an appropriate title. And then the subtitle, somebody said to me, Dr. Kathy Cook actually said, I think the subtitle describes your book better in her estimation. And it was how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. Well, that's a long title. (laughs) So typically they Mm. like your titles a little bit shorter, they're quick. You can, you know, anyway. So yeah, it was a matter of, you know, working with my agent and working with the um being able to pitch it to a Publishing company. So, Mm -hmm. and she's been in the business forever. And so she knew that that would catch their attention and that it would probably catch the attention of people that wouldn't normally pick up a homeschooling book. And so that's kind of how that all came into play. But I always like to tell people when I get the chance is, you know, when I say four hours, I'm actually talking about high school. And, and it's less and less and less the younger the children. And that's all mm-hmm. explained in the book, all age groups. Because I've said that before and people have said, oh, is this one's just for high school. No, 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 no. The book is for all ages. And I start way at the babies. Because, you know, mm-hmm. if you're, you're going to homeschool and you've got little babies and toddlers. There's some things that you can do in your own mom heart to prepare yourself for those years. Um, one of the things I talk about is getting your, uh, I think it's parental discernment. Um, it's basically learning to really disciplining yourself to not care so much about what other people think.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: that's a big one, you know. Even when we're pregnant, you know, people are telling us, Oh, are you doing this? Are you doing this? You know, are you you gotta have a gender reveal and you have to, you have to have these kinds of, you know, all these supplies. And, you know, what I learned is the more kids I had, the less stuff I actually needed. The more kids I had. It was like yeah. I just got down, scaled it down. So it's it's at the end of the day. You have to do what you believe is best for your family. So you need to learn to tune into that, that instinct that God's put in you. And so that's my encouragement from the beginning, um, along with some other things. But, you know, Mm -hmm. I tried to cover the whole thing because some people they're seeing what's going on. They're having babies and they're seeing what's going on in the school system. They're like, I'm pretty sure we're not going to do that. And so this book would help them to sort of be prepared Um, Mm -hmm. and that will be beneficial as you go into the homeschool years and you've already worked on going, no, I'm going to do what's best for what I think is best for my child. You've already been practicing that. Then when you start homeschooling, you go, "Mm, nope, I don't need that. I don't need that. This is what's going to work best for my child, you know? Mm -hmm. So
0: Um, I I do love that part when you talked about parental discernment I thought yes hallelujah finally and you put it in context I mean that's the perfect example of what you do so well in your book is that you're taking this kind of bigger idea and it could apply to anybody you know Mm -hmm. babies all the way up to high school or I dare say even adult children from what I've been gathering from interviews recently (laughs) (laughs) Um, also preparing for that too but just really yeah preparing your heart and and Honoring the fact that it's not about grade levels, you know, people are like, oh, just let them play in preschool. Just let them play. Just let them play. And then there's this like thing in our mama heart saying, I don't know, I feel like I could do more. I feel like I could connect more. I feel like I want to do this. And there's such a divide in that mentality a lot of times of no, just let them play. It's fine. And I'm sure it is fine. But then what about moms who are like, oh, I feel like I could be using this time to prepare myself and my children for all of this, get into good habits, try things out, practice everything from, you know, keeping a planner. And for me, it's planning from behind. Definitely not planning yeah. ahead. <laughs> Yep, I'm sure you read about that in the book as well. Yeah. I was like, is there any other way to plan at this point?
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I could I just I tried a little bit of that and I was like, I just knew it was not gonna work for me. Um mm-hmm. so and, and guess what? They're all doing great. They're yeah. adults now, they're successful adults. Um, so I guess that's my thing. It's just you it's amazing what our kids learn um, just from Mm -hmm. everyday life. And yes, playing is wonderful. But if you're feeling like, gosh, I'd like to see if maybe they want to start learning how to read, try it out, experiment. I always felt like homeschooling was like an ongoing experiment because every year, it's a different season. My kids are different. They're developmentally. They've, you know, they've moved on and our family dynamics are different and, you know, everything is, you know, there's a lot of variables in the equation. And so just to have the freedom to be able to say, we're going to try this, but we're not, we're not, we're not married to this. We're going to try it and maybe some pieces of it will work, but not the whole enchilada and that's okay. You Mm -hmm. know, Um, it's, it's about freedom really.
0: Yeah, I agree so much. And I, I, Do I guess I I see your point. I knew you didn't come up with that title, by the way. I'm so glad I asked you. I knew it. I read the book and was like, "That is not her title. Like she just did not come up with that title. It sounds like a title written by someone who's not a homeschooler." And I do see that point now. I do see it as as the necessary hook for that wider audience because that's what I'm coming up against too with my, with my homeschool course and all of that as people are like, I really want to do it. I'm like, here's the information. Here it is. And it's in a really guided, structured way. So is your book. You know, there's so many resources out there like that, that are like, I know what your questions are going to be. I know what your next thought is going to be when I say, how about this? And you're like, what about this? But then you're... Have it covered, you know, you're like, This I know that this is what you're gonna think or wonder, and then you put their heart at ease over and over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And one of the beautiful pictures you paint is actually about school in general, and I think it's one of the first lessons that homeschoolers um, have to learn for themselves, but it's the one that they can benefit from the most. And I know it's something that you and I can model too, um, but really, ultimately, people have to learn that you don't have to recreate the classroom in the home and you don't have to recreate the brick and mortar school atmosphere in your home. And I love in your book where you talk about how school revolves around life, not life around school. And I was like, man, that is such an important such 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 an important mindset to get into that that your child's education revolves around your life and not the Mm -hmm. other way around there's Mm -hmm. such freedom in that to begin with but for a lot of people this is going to be such a paradigm shift that they're struggling to make that leap and so i'm hoping you could talk with us more about this notion and why it's so necessary well i think you know from
1: I knew along the way, but especially now looking back, I see how vital family life was in preparing our kids for real life, living life together every day. Um, the chores that we take care of the house together, we do the yard work together. It is, uh, everything we do for the most part, um, is a team effort, you know, because that's what family life is. Of course, our kids got time to themselves in the afternoons. And I talk about this in the book, kind of what our, our, our routine looked like. And it ne- really never deviated uh, that much until like some of the kids were in high school and they were, you know, they had some activities. But even then we would limit um, what we did for the sake of our family life, because we believed it was really, really important for us to um, have dinner together every night. Did, were there some nights we didn't eat dinner together? Yes, but that was the exception, not the rule. And there was there's a reason that God has made the church and the family the pillars of society. When the family and the church are fraying, society is fraying. And one quick glance around us is evidence of that. So my heart's cry for, the, the the parents who are raising kids right now is take your kids back and establish a solid family life. And I'm telling you, that alone will be a game changer for your kids and their future. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm telling you, it, it makes all the difference in the world. And there are so many reasons for that. And I'll list just a couple right now. When I talk about chores, um, there's teamwork involved with chores. You know, one child's chores affect another. There's healthy communication that has to happen there. There's um, problem solving, critical thinking, and you think, well, they're just taking out, they're just taking out the garbage and organizing the recycling, and you know, you don't, you don't give it much thought. But for a child who is still developing, that is, um, that is a learning moment. That is a moment for them to be thinking about organizational skills and what belongs where and their bodies have to cooperate with that thinking and that plan. And, you know, we don't think about it much because we just do it. But as a child growing up, these are things they are still developing. And so we're helping that to develop by giving them responsibilities, shouldering them with um, chores um, and things that, make them feel like something bigger than themselves make them feel part of something bigger than themselves that's another Mm -hmm. huge thing that gives our kids perspective that the world does not revolve around them and again one glance around and we can see that that is uh, a problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) Ask any employer trying to employ most young people okay this is where our children will stand out. And this is what has happened with our kids. Um, I've seen this happen with every single child in whatever they're involved in, whether it's a, you know, whether they're involved in the local theater, whether they've got a job. Um, I, I'm telling you, they stand out from everybody else. And so much of it is because we had routine, we had rhythm, we had boundaries, we had, um. Uh, We nurtured the work ethic, but we also nurtured the sibling relationships. That is the place where children, that is their first experience learning what healthy relationships look like, because these are relationships you live with day in and day out. They are the hardest to navigate because we take each other for granted. And we also know that that other person loves us no matter what. So we know that like subconsciously kids know that. And so they will, you know, they'll treat their sibling worse than their friend. And so this is something we did not allow our kids to do. We we expected them to treat each other, first of all, the way they would be want to be treated because that's biblical. And second of all, um, we would say to them, would you ever treat, you, you know, so-and-so that way? We would mention whoever their friend was at the time. You would never say that to them. You would never treat them like that what would you do? Well, you might ask more questions and try to understand what just happened here. <laughs> you know, so we, and, and when I asked them those questions, I didn't answer them for them. I said, what would you do if this was your friend, Nate? What would you do differently? And I make them think about it because when they have to think about it, they have to own it. Mm-hmm. If I just tell them it's my thing. And all of a sudden it bounces off of them and it, they never re- they don't really attach to it at all. But when I say, what would you say to your friend, Nate? And I don't let them escape with just a, you know, half cockamamie answer. I let, I, you know, you need to, you need to give a real answer. Is that really what you would say to him? Is there anything else you would say? You know, so lots of questions. This is something we can gauge as parents. And we do that all along the way as we're living family life together, because we all know no day goes by without somebody bickering, right? But what if we look at that as an opportunity instead of an obstacle? We look at that as this is the place we are teaching our kids what healthy relationships look like. And so what do we want to teach them in this situation? And often for me, it was like, I didn't always know. I was like, I don't even know how to navigate this. So I'd be like, God, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I need your help right now. Can you help me know how to navigate this? And um, sometimes we just hit the pause button. So I had a few minutes to think about it. They had some time to cool down. Um, I have a a workshop session that I do on nurturing sibling relationships where I kind of walk through some of the things that we did to help nurture that. But And then not just the conflict, like, but also just encouraging them to spend time together. This is another thing that I think is so important. It's easier to let our kids play with the kids they get along with, like the neighbor kids and their best friend and all that, which is totally fine. I'm not against that. But we have to be careful that we're not being lazy and not... Um, spending time making, making sure that our kids understand how important their relationships are. Because I told my kids all along, you know, you're going to have mostly seasonal friends who will come in and out of your life. You may have a couple of really good close friends who last a lifetime, but these siblings here, these are your friends for life. And I would tell them when dad and I are gone, you guys have, you will have each other. And you'll always have, you know, that part of us in each other. And so that's how our kids live. I mean, they're not up in each other's business and they don't call each other every day. But I'm telling you, when when they talk and when they get together and when something happens, they are there for each other. And uh, it's a very healthy, healthy, they're very healthy relationships. And I'm telling you, as a mom and as a parent, you know, having my kids out of the house now and seeing that it is, you, you realize how important this is. Now, all of our kids also learned things like um, the differences between boys and girls, because there are differences, you mm-hmm. know, God hardwired us differently. You know, there's, there's sliding scales and all of that, but we didn't pretend that there were no differences, you know, like anything you can do, you can do better. That's probably not true. <laughs> you know, it's just not, I'm not going to lie to you. Like your brother can probably lift more than you can. That, that's just the way it is. And that's okay. You know? But your sister is really good at, you know, relationships and, you know, helping navigate certain things and conflict and things like that. So our kids learn to respect that about each other. Um, They respected each other's differences. They, we tried to teach them to have grace for the weaknesses that they knew that each other had personality wise or Mm -hmm. gender wise or whatever. And so now fast forward, they're going into marriage relationships and they have, they're so well equipped to have good marriages because we spent the time nurturing the relationships while they were growing up. So uh, don't underestimate those conflicts. Here's the thing. At the end of the day, what brings people together, what brings a family together and what brings siblings together is overcoming obstacles. Whenever we overcome an obstacle together, it somehow, it can be a negative thing. We could be arguing through the whole obstacle, but when it's all said and done, A few weeks later, you look back and go, you feel closer to that person, whether you want to or not. I remember that guy, that um, pilot who landed the airplane on the river in DC, Uh, the birds had gone through and there was no place for them to land. And he had to make a last minute call and land on this, on the river. And those people, as far as I know, that was years and years ago, they get together every year because there was such a bond that was created from walking through that together and the same thing happens with our family so when a crisis happens in our family we just stop and say okay this is an opportunity for growth and to prepare our kids for life we may need to lay down math language writing you know reading and all that for a day, a week or two weeks or whatever, as we're grieving the loss of someone or, you know, we're moving and, you know, whatever, we're going to lay this down and we're going to focus on walking through this well together. How do we treat Mm -hmm. each other when we're all tired because we've been unpacking all day or packing all day because we're moving or, you know, really focus on that piece of it during those seasons. And it's amazing. It's amazing how that brings a family together.
0: Mm hmm. Uh, See, I love that because a lot of people are like, oh, I'm so afraid of spending so much time with my kids. I'm afraid I'm not going to get a break. I'm afraid it's going to be really overwhelming. I'm afraid I'm not going to have the patience. I mean, just the list goes on and on and on constantly. And part of me doesn't blame moms for feeling this way because we live in a society that does not encourage us to establish a solid family life. We live in a societal, culturally messed up world right now that encourages moms to complain, to Mm -hmm. drink, if they can't handle certain situations, to blame things on their kids, to call their kids all kinds of names in the book, and that it's just too much. It's too much. And we're asked to do too much. And it all falls on us. And And so instead of embracing any of our responsibilities, we're told to just shirk them off, you know, be the summer girl all the time, you know, while also like, you know... Th- We're not given resources to deal with all the stuff that comes up. But I actually wrote down, and it was a beautiful bullet points, um, on how to opt out of that cultural messaging and how to really focus on establishing a solid family life and how homeschool can easily fit into that because there's so much freedom when it comes to the schedules, um, freedom when it comes to embracing your family values and realizing that it's not that we're having to spend too much time with our kids. It's that we are presented with multiple opportunities to do that. Along with those opportunities is the option to slow down. Everything Mm -hmm. isn't on fire anymore. You know, we're not trying to just go, 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 go by opting out of societal messages in general that tell you, here's a badge. If you can win busiest mom of the week award, you know, um, and even things like when I'm hearing you talk about things like chores and stuff like that, and the cultural messaging is, um, kids aren't going to want to do chores. They're going to fight it. They're going to want to be lazy. All of that. Yes, Yes, they will. And they will. Well, I, I exhibit well, I've A, B, well. yeah, A, B, and C upstairs, right? Mm-hmm. They're just gonna they do it, but it's an opportunity for healthy communication. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't do it perfectly for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just like, please, for the love, feed the goats. <laughs> like, come exactly. on, exactly. you wanted these goats, <laughs> feed them. <laughs> it's not that hard. No, <laughs> you don't even until they have breakfast. <laughs> we we've said this, and they're like, well. I need the strength. I mean, my children, such homeschool kids. I need the strength to carry that down there. It's a scoop, not a fifty-pound bag. I love your ability to really like think this through. Um, but
1: oh, it's that's brilliant. It's, I love it. There's so. I mean, awesome. really think about it. That that is some creative thinking there. Some yeah. resourcefulness, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. I mean, it was. A, I mean It was a. It wasn't. I'm not going to say it wasn't a drag some of the time. I'm telling you, my yeah. kids weren't like Cinderella, you know, running, you know, flitting through the forest with the birds singing while they took out the garbage. No, no, no. It wasn't anything like that. Um, and that's what makes it hard. I mean, it's, it's work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard work, but it's so worth it. Like mm-hmm. you have your kids for really such a short time compared. They're going to spend most of their life as adults. That's right. And you'll be... <laughs> Parents of adults more than you were parents of young children, so you know. I mean, establishing those habits, and you know, the important thing um, I think too is helping your kids understand why you're doing what you're doing.
0: Like, oh, a hundred percent. If I mm-hmm. just
1: tell them, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. I made them part of the process. Okay, these are the things that need to happen um, at home in order to keep our house from falling down around us. So these things need to happen every day. So let's talk about who. Wants to do those things. And now now that can really get, that can get crazy fast, especially if you have eight kids like I do. And, and you've always got a couple who, you know, they want to run the show. So you have to kind of manage it. But I try to make them as much a part of it. In the end, I always said, it's it's my decision. my fi- I get to make the final decision because I'm the mom.
0: Mm-hmm. However,
1: I will listen to your requests. Um, but I typically put the uh, youngest child possible on a task. You know, instead of, you know, it'd be easy for me to put the 10 year old on unloading the dishwasher instead of the seven year old, because it would just be easier for me. But at the end of the day, the seven year old needs to learn this skill and they really can do it in a fairly short amount of time. So we're going to put that on that person and give the 10 year old something that the seven year old can't do. Mm
0: -hmm. So that's kind
1: of how I tried to manage it. And I always inspected the chores. I, I made sure that we, I had margin every day, like you said, not being in a hurry. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it is. Having the margin to inspect the work because we can't expect what we don't inspect. And so, um, you know, and starting them early, very young, at a very young age, because, you know, you talk about them not wanting to do it. Well, at a young age, they typically like to do it. Cause they feel like they're big and they're grown up. And so we want to encourage that. So start as young as you possibly can. And mm-hmm.
0: uh, did you hear that baby in there? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I I do love it. Cause you give it to a straightforward too. Mm-hmm. Oh, we need more messages like this that say, Hey, parents, Hey, moms, be careful not to be lazy. Mm-hmm. 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 it's hard to hear. It's a uh-huh. hard pill to swallow, but it is something that we have to do. I know that there are moments I know within myself because of my ability to analyze my life and my thoughts and my motivations. Um, and I love that you also say, let's offer our kids the opportunity to do this too. So that when they're mm-hmm. grown ups, they're not confused. Um, and like, am I being lazy or am I taking genuine rest? You mm-hmm. know, within yourself, whether or not you're being lazy or careful or if you are taking the rest that you absolutely need for sure. Right. Right. And, and moms do need rest. They need to be Mm -hmm. good, Stewards
1: of their energy. And so, we, you know, like for you, um, you're getting towards the end of pregnancy and that's a low energy time. So, you have to be thoughtful and intentional about how you're going to walk out your days. And Mm -hmm. so, just being aware of that and disciplined to be able to say, okay, today's not the day for this, or today is the day. Listen to that mom instinct. And I think another thing that I really want to kind of just wheel back around to again, really quickly, when you talked about the culture, um, this whole family life thing. Um, Some people might be going, that sounds wonderful. I'm not really sure. You know, I want my kids to turn out well. And if, you know, having a good family life will help with that, I'll I'll do that. But it goes even deeper than that. I feel like it, it goes down to believing that children are a blessing and not a curse that, or not even necessarily a curse, but not just another acquisition. You know, we got the college degree, we got the job, now we have the house and the car and next comes the kids. That's how the, that's the order of things. And so that, you know, so you just do the kids next and then they're just another acquisition. No, these are human beings that God gave life to and has intention and purpose for. These are not your car or your house or your job. These are people like, and, and people that God meant to come into existence and people God meant to be your children. Mm -hmm. Like there's intention here. He intentionally put these children with you, whether they're foster, adopt, or biological, um, no matter stepchildren, no matter when they came into the picture or how they came into the picture, God's sovereign over that. And, And then to understand. So for me, Part of creating a a good family life, a solid family life was at the very core was remembering that these kids were a blessing. And what did Mm -hmm. that mean in day to day when my feet hit the ground? It meant that even when my children, when my children are acting up, when they're giving me grief, when I'm exhausted, they are still a blessing. So what does that mean? So I'll give an example when one of my kids is just, you know, giving me grief and I'm like. You know, I have one that would walk in and I would just cringe because he never walked in without asking for something. And, you know, and and so I would just say, okay, Lord, I know that he's a blessing. Why is he not a blessing right now? Why does he not feel like a blessing right now? And, you know, it. Then I would begin to recognize, oh, it's because this is a character thing in him that I need to work on. Because other people are going to respond the same way to him if he goes through life just asking people for stuff. You know, I mean, I know that's kind of a leap, but but at the end of the day, I wanted a child who wasn't selfish, who could think Mm -hmm. outside of himself, and who could maybe needed practice walking into the room and instead of asking for something, offering something. So I would make him leave the room. And say, okay, I want you to come back in and I want you to offer something instead of asking me for something
0: Mm -hmm. and make
1: him practice that. And so in that sense, it was a blessing to be able to work on that character thing with him. And, oh, I'm telling you, this kid, he's 21 now, almost 21. He is amazing. I love this kid. But I can't tell you how many times we went round and round and round when it came to his chores. Now he's, um, he's an apprentice for a commercial plumber. And his boss told us, he said, I literally have to tell him to slow down. Not because he's not doing a good job, but because the rest of us can't keep up with him.
0: <laughs> <Aww>.
1: <laughs> and we don't want him to burn out, you know, like we mm-hmm. want him to pace himself.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And we
1: don't want him to get stressed because he just really wants to keep moving. So anyway, all that to say, um, you know, Sometimes when I would stop and say, "Okay, I don't like any of them right now. Okay, <laughs> I just want them all to go away for a little while." I'm having visions of putting them on a bus and sending them away. Something's not right here. So, um, so I would say, "Okay," but if they're a blessing, what does that look like in this situation? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it just meant this is um, a big red flag to me that I need a break. Or mm-hmm, that's right, a mental break, or I need to go be alone for a little while. And I can allow these older kids to be in charge of these younger kids for 20 minutes while mm-hmm. I go have a mental break, you know. So, in that way, they were a blessing because they showed me, uh, they helped me be more aware of where my heart was at, you know. Sometimes I just had a stinky attitude, you know, right. and I needed, and that's a blessing because. I don't want to be that kind of person. I want to continue to grow. I don't want to stay stagnant. I don't want to, you know, just not allow growth in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and these kids are a fantastic way to grow. I'm just telling you. <laughs> so in every sense, really, they are a blessing. It's just in- interpreting. So, so I say all that to say that was at the root. And as I live that out, that is, that just unfolded into a healthy family life because my kids felt loved. They felt valued because I conveyed a very clear message to them, both both verbally and non-verbally that they were a blessing. Not that they were a pain in my behind most of the time. Not that I never said that because I did, (laughs) but that would be the exception, not the rule. And I think this is important to understand too. What's the rule and what's the exception? We can be super hard on ourselves as moms, And we can say, "Oh no, I said that thing," and you know, we act like our children are china when really they're like Corelleware. You know, they're they're pretty (laughs) resilient. I wouldn't encourage you to test that because that could not turn out well. But at the end of the day, you know, if ask yourself, "Okay, I said that thing, and and it wasn't right, but do I do that often, or am I doing it more often lately?" Because that could be a red Mm -hmm. flag about something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And if your answer is no, then just go, okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to ask their forgiveness. I'm going to ask the Lord's forgiveness and I'm going to move on, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a better gauge of where we are, you know, whether it's homeschooling, maybe we're having a bad day and we're just like, this is horrible. I stink at this. My kids aren't learning anything. Stop and ask yourself, was this just a bad day? Or, you know, is this like the rule now or the exception? And if it's the rule, you can step back and go, hmm, I think we need to reevaluate some things. A lot of times that's just a beautiful sign that it's, we might need to tweak something. This isn't mm-hmm. working or all of this isn't working for us right now. And we need to make a a change.
0: So right, right. I agree with that too, that these are gauges. This isn't who we are, who we have to be, or, you yeah. know, we're not. Our life isn't summed up in some sort of meme, you know, right. that makes us laugh and, and yeah. clean glasses together and ha, 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 and we'll just move on and accept that this <laughs> is how we are, you know, which is what we're encouraging, right. which is crazy to me. But all these things are doable. All these, the, the bullet points that I wrote down from your points of like healthy communication, nurturing, healthy sibling relationships, giving our kids back questions and opportunities to process and take responsibility, us taking responsibility and you know hitting the pause button and overcoming obstacles, we don 't have to get this all perfect. These are just things that we can change our perspective on, see them as opportunities for growth, see them mm-hmm. as opportunities for us to establish, establish a solid family life. you know we, that doesn 't mean we have to get them right every single time it doesn't mean if we have really let one of those areas slip right now in the season that we're in, that this is how it's going to be forever. You know, I'm thinking specifically Mm -hmm. like nurturing sibling relationships with, hey, that's mine and no snatching and all the things happening in our house right now. It's just, that's not it. That's not how they're going to be forever. And that's okay. You're, you could be in the middle of an obstacle right now, which I feel like a lot of us are, you know, there's a lot Mm -hmm. of new chapter energy happening right now for a lot of people that I know. And this is just an obstacle that we have to overcome. It's not something that we're, you know, destined to live a day in and day out, and there's no end in sight, sort of thing. That's so, right. But that's right. That's kind of what the messaging tells us. One way my kids have been a blessing, believe it or not, and this is like a big fear that people have is that they're not going to have any time for themselves to pursue Mm -hmm. their own hobbies and interests. And you talk about that in the book, how important it is to not give up your hobbies and interests. Um, And for me, my children have shown me that if I want them to be readers, I need to be a reader myself. And my hobby or whatever, my habit (laughs) of reading is something that I have held on to. My I listen to podcasts. Now my kids listen to podcasts, you know, and we, you know, I keep my interest. I am trying embroidery. I'm trying sourdough. I'm trying watercolor. I'm trying all kinds of things. And now my kids are like, you know what, maybe I'll try that too. Um, did a workout the other day with a girlfriend of mine on the computer and came out and found one of my kids um, doing cosmic kids yoga on her iPad. And she goes, I did the whole thing from start to finish. And I said, well, I just did my workout from start start to finish. That's amazing. Look at us go. And Mm -hmm. so it's an opportunity for us to model this behavior. I'm kind of curious what some of your hobbies and interests were with eight kids. Oh, well,
1: um, I had a garden for several years. So there was lots of food preservation type things. I took an herb class and practiced, I guess you would call it herbology, um, not not for anyone else, but our own family, but, you know, learn to make tinctures and decoctions and, um, you know, just kind of, um, educated myself on more uh, alternative ways of healing our family when we were sick. And, um, I always loved health and nutrition. Um, so those are probably my big ones. I think I, I did sourdough. I did a lot of the traditional, um, what is that called? Uh, the Weston Price thing. Yeah, Weston a. You know, a
0: Price. Oh, we're big Weston A Price
1: fans yeah, over here. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of the fermenting and the way, and we had a cow and we had goats. And so we'd mess with all that stuff, making cheese and things like that. So it was just kind of an ongoing, you know, learning for me. And I think that really did model to our kids um, that love of learning and that just that ongoing, because our kids have so many different interests as adults. It really blows a lot of people away. They're like, wait, you do that and that and that and that. Yeah. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. like, wow. I mean, that's, those are very different things. Yes, they are. <laughs> you know? Um, but I think part of the reason that I could even do that was because of the way we divided our day up. You know, the morning was self direct. What morning was directed learning, chores and directed learning. And the afternoons were more self-directed. And so that allowed me to have some time to myself. You know, I put them, they went outside. Most of the time I just sent them outside. Um, and they would do all kinds of things. And I hear stories now that I actually never knew about till now. Some of them are rather frightening, but you know, I, <laughs> but I've always seemed to get like this little feeling like you should pray for the boys right now. Okay. I'll pray for the boys. <laughs> And then I would, you know, go check on them and they were fine or whatever. But I would hear stuff later that I was like, whoa, okay, wow. All right, Lord, thank you for protecting them. But, you know, you've got to let them have some of those adventures, especially boys, that danger that, you know, and and, and can I just say in my defense, not one of them ever had a broken bone, not one. So that was kind of amazing. Well, well done. Lots Your trophies on the
0: way because, man, that's amazing. <laughs>
1: know what i'm saying is they just honestly they learned a lot about it for every action there is a reaction you know um okay so let's i'll i'll tell you what our son luke how he described their childhood you guys are gonna crack out this is great he just told me this a few weeks ago he said i would describe our childhood as an aggressive inquiry into the laws of physics oh my gosh (laughs) It's true, especially with the boys. You know, the girls were more like, let's paint, let's sketch, let's, you know, read and journal and, you know, whatever. Um, The boys were just out there, you know, Um, and they're just so much fun. Just so Mm -hmm. much fun.
0: So. I really appreciate that you talk about the differences um, boys and girls in the book. I felt like, yeah, there's Dorinda again, standing up, saying, saying how it is. And it's funny because I feel like we're encouraged to say that, no, 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 we're all equal. Don't even worry about it. I mean, just to, to just an astronomical level and... It blows my mind. And then you go to the playground and you're talking with moms and they're like, oh, well, boys and girls are just so different. As a mom of uh, only girls right now, I have no idea what this baby is going to be. I would not be surprised if it's a boy. I would not be surprised if it's a girl. People are like, I wish I had your homeschool day. Like, look at your girls all sitting down painting. Look at your girls like holding and cuddling the chickens, you know, look at your girls instead of like trying to rip them, you know, or like get the two roosters to fight each other or whatever it is, you know. And, and there is a difference, and we talk about it, and we openly acknowledge it with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. My best friend and her son lived with us for um, six months last year. And I'll tell you, two-year-old boy energy brought made the house dynamic completely different. Not in a bad way, but just a different way. And I could not spend six months of having the four kids here with me most of the time and pretend that he right. was anything other than completely different and himself um, in that. And I I love that you acknowledge it. And so I guess I'm wondering how did you, or even still see those differences play out in your homeschool. And I'm wondering why you think it's important to acknowledge these differences.
1: Well, obviously, um, if there are differences, you're going to approach their learning differently, you know, Uh, and just to speak to that, if we, my husband has this great saying, I have to share it. He said, if we were both the same, one of us would be uh, unnecessary.
0: Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) I was like, that's really good, honey. I like that. Um, But I think at the end of the day, you know, like you said, moms know, we know, we can see it. It's evident that there are differences. And again, there's like a sliding scale. There are some quiet, studious boys, and that's wonderful. Um, And that's maybe how God wired them. But I think for the most part, especially younger boys have a lot of energy. And so that's going to change the way that you approach learning how to read. I think the biggest difference for our our boys and girls is how they studied things. Our boys like to be more hands-on, especially in the early years, Um, more, I mean, as far as like, the girls could handle more reading than the boys could at an earlier age. The boys just didn't have the patience for it. I'd have to give them something to do while we were reading. You know, I know they've got those little fidget things now, they got all kinds of stuff out there to, you know, I mean, telling you, if you can't homeschool now, You know, I mean, there's so much available to help you with these types of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Sit on a medicine ball while they're doing their schoolwork. You know, some of my boys, they needed to they needed to hang upside down on the couch, you know, with their head downward reading their book. That's how they wanted to read. But that's the beauty of homeschooling. Can you imagine a child trying to do that in a classroom? Especially boys. just Classrooms can be one of the very worst place for a little boy. Because they have so much energy and it's good energy. Like it's, if we can just direct it, I tried to direct it to, you know, active play, you know, between subjects, they would jump up and down on the trampoline or run around the house or go ride their bikes. And I'd set a timer for 15 minutes, you know, and then, you know, cause I would, otherwise I would forget about them. I know. And noon, <laughs> noon would roll around. And I'd be like, wait, hold on. I know. I know, with all of my heart. <laughs> and then we just have to move on with our day because I'm not going to do this all afternoon. So we'll just start over tomorrow. But, um, but yeah, those were the big things. And like when we and and I think too, the other thing that my boys did that was really different was, you know, I encouraged um, independent learning as early as possible for all of our kids. Um, and I t- I have a whole chapter on that in the book, but. Our boys especially, there was something about not wanting mom's help. Um, they, I would look over cause I, you know, I would be always available, like they're doing their work, but I would say, I'm right here if you need me for anything. Um, but I didn't ever stand up and do the teacher. I never did any of that. Mm-hmm. i would saying here's, you know, here's you guys know, this is what you're supposed to do every day. So here are your books, go to it. And, um, so they'd be working and I'd be, but I kept a pulse, you know, I kept looking, I'd look at them, see what their expression was, how I thought they were doing. If I saw them struggling, I'd wait a little while, let them, you know, let them struggle through it because they they need to be able to kind of struggle through some of those problems. That's how they learn to problem solve. Mm-hmm. If you go in and rescue them every time, they'd never learn how to work it out. So I'd let them do it, and then I'd realize maybe one of them is just still not doing well. And he's you know, through his pencil. That's a pretty good sign. Yeah. So I, you know, go over there and I'd say, Hey, bud, you need some help? And they would just be like, No, I want to do it myself. And I, that happened so many times. And I I always walked away from that wondering, I, I, did I do the right thing by leaving? Because, you know, I kind of doubted myself, but, um, I think at the end of the day, I look back, I went with what my gut was and like, if they were that adamant about, I had to not take it personally first of all. Because as a woman, you know, you're kind of like, "Hey, I'm just here to help. Don't treat me like that, you know?" But they're struggling and they're wrestling with something. And we need mm-hmm. to let them in their boyness conquer that thing because it is so important for them to be to conquer things and that's just part of how they're wired. That's how God put them together. And So don't take away that privilege of struggling and conquering, you know, Um, I think that's just super important. So those are just a few things. And a little side note, I had somebody in the homeschool community that I asked for an endorsement who would not endorse the book because of that chapter.
0: Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really
1: interesting. I wasn't completely shocked, but I was a little shocked.
0: interesting interesting
1: interesting." yeah it was it was it was really interesting and to me that just showed that that is kind of perme. some of that is permeating our culture Mm -hmm. but like you said at the end of the day moms talking together we know we know Mm -hmm. better than that so let's just not pretend that it's something it's not and let's work with what is because it's beautiful Mm -hmm. I mean it's this is how they're wired. And this is, there's a reason for it.
0: Hmm. So interesting because I think it circles back around to cultural messaging and opting out of cultural messaging that is not serving our family. So right. I am not saying that this is even like a making it political at all. You don't make it political in the book. You just say, by the way, I'm seeing some stuff saying that you, you, there are no differences and that you should not recognize these differences and you should try to teach from these differences but really what you're what you're saying is there are differences every child is different boy mm-hmm. girl age characters lessons that they were planted on this earth to help us realize realize themselves you know it's very complicated and dynamic and if we take out this basic a very basic um, difference and fundamental difference. And we're trying to ignore that when our gut is telling us there is a difference. I guess you, I, to me, it just was you giving us permission to honor that difference. If it was something right. in our gut that was speaking up and saying, how can I best serve my children? How can I best show up for them? And sometimes it really does come down to having different expectations for every child, which <laughs> I mean, not like unfairness, not thinking like that's not fair, sort of stuff, but, but more like, oh, okay, this is your age right now. This is your space in life. This is your season. I'm going to see you for who you are, right? All of you, the whole person. And I think that that's really important. And honor somewhere. it, yeah. You know, and honoring it.
1: I think that was the thing. I honored the boyness of our boys, mm-hmm. and they to this. I mean, as adults, they're so grateful, um, and they're very. <sighs> They're, they're confident, not in a cocky way, but they're just, they're confident in, in who they are, not just their personality, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of thing and their giftings and their bents and all of that, but, and their ability to learn because mm-hmm. they all know how to learn, um, mm-hmm. they, uh, but, but confidence in, um, in their manness, you know, in their manhood yeah. and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's. It, it's really they're they're thriving. And mm-hmm. I think that's what we really want at the end of the day is we want our children to thrive as adults. And we see a lot of unhealthy adults mm-hmm. out there who aren't navigating life well at all. Mm-hmm. And um and our kids can be such a blessing to the, you know, to the world. And and you know, when we take the time to nurture that at home and just nurture, have that kind of nurturing atmosphere. Um, Cause I think at the end of the day, I always tell moms be mom first. That's right. Um, you know, if you're mom first and you're working out of that nurturing nature, teaching is going to be natural for you. Um, you're going to teach in a way that comes natural for you, for the kind of mom that you are. And um, and the learning will also happen more readily because your children will understand that what you're trying to show them, teach them, or whatever is coming from a heart of love mm-hmm. and care, and it's just a completely different spirit than um, me just saying, "Okay, now turn to page blah blah blah." Right. Now we're going to learn about George Washington. You know, um, it's so much more than that when we're having relationship with them and we're in this really great conversation about George Washington and we watch this documentary together and we point out interesting things. And I ask them questions that I think might be, you know, engaging and I see where they're going with something and I give them the resources to keep going until they're done with it. And they're, you know, they don't want to do it anymore, you know? So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah, that whole nurturing, I think that's the big, big word that I would love for moms to hear is just, Nurture your children, you know, um, because they will grow up confident, healthy, strong um, they, because they'll feel valued. That's I think right. that's the other thing we want our children to know that they are valued um, and and children feel valued when we look in their eyes and we listen to what they have to say and we talk with them and we don't have to do everything with them. But we do the important things with them, you know, because as moms, we need time to ourselves, too. We need time Mm -hmm. to do other things. And that's why I broke up our homeschool day the way I did, because that just worked so well for all of us, not just Mm -hmm. the kids, but for me, too. It helped keep my sanity well most of the time.
0: (laughs) Uh, I, I hear you so much on that one. I love it. I love it. And you actually just I wrote down as you were talking about this Things that, you know, honoring kids for who they really are helps them see their value and live in confidence, knowing Mm -hmm. who they are and that they Mm -hmm. are valued. And then you literally just came and reversed that from confidence to value and really seeing them for who they are. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, your message is so pure and so clear. Mm -hmm. And coming back to nurturing really is important. And and nurturing I love that word so much it's maybe one of my favorite words in all of motherhood and just Mm -hmm. what an honored role we have to be able to do that and I think sometimes people come to the homeschool space really hung up on roles Mm -hmm. Um, you know well are you a teacher are you a counselor are you a guide are you a mentor are you mom one of the questions I get the most is when do you know when to put on how do you know when to put on the mom hat and how do you know when to put on the teacher hat and I always tell people I don't I don't switch hats. No, there there is no switching of hats. I am their mother. And the role is nurturing in every sense of the word, nurturing their relationships with one another, nurturing um, them and their and their character and their interests, and helping them find out who they really are, what they're actually interested in, instead of trying to convince them that they should mm-hmm. be interested, mm-hmm. you know, in certain things. Or you know, according to this schedule, it says you should be interested in learning to read at this moment in time. Um, I'm not trying to do that or force it down. Instead, I'm nurturing them when they organically come to me and say, Mom, do you think you could help me learn to read? Right. And that is the time that Mm -hmm. we will begin learning to read. And it has happened twice over for me with these Mm -hmm. kids. One Mm -hmm. just said it to me this last week, and I'm like, absolutely. And she told me what she wanted to learn first, too. She said, do you think maybe you could just show me some words, like some small words that I could just look at? And I'm not over here going, oh, yes, those are called sight words. And, you know, or like this is, you know, cat, hat mat, sat. Should we laminate this? Should we, you know, no, that's not it at all. She's not asking for any of that. She's asking for my time and attention. And she's Mm -hmm. showing a curiosity about a very specific thing. And then I can show up and just nurture her. So there Mm -hmm. is no hat. There are no hats. Right. Unless it's a nurturing hat.
1: Right. And when you talk about nurturing, it's nurturing is doing a lot of watching and listening Mm -hmm. and it's actually probably more watching and listening than it is talking and doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and if if we can give ourselves permission to do that, we will learn so much about our kids and it will give us very specific direction as to what they actually need.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that. I am going to ask you one last pragmatic question (laughs) because you're the queen of pragmatics. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your heart is so in the right place. And you give us so much hope for being able to work through challenging times. And I think that sometimes our heart hears this, our mind hears this, and then we are met with a very real moment of our kids resisting us. And we've asked them to do something and they don't want to do to do it. And right. I'm specifically in this situation thinking about worksheets, because a lot of parents are coming to the homeschool journey saying you have to complete this worksheet today because I wrote it on the calendar. And if you don't do it today, you're going to be behind and then we're going to have to do two worksheets tomorrow and you're not going to want to do the worksheets tomorrow. And oh, my gosh, what do we do? Right. A step beyond that is we then start to analyze Why it is our kid isn't doing that? Um, I hear a lot of moms say this. They're like, "Oh my gosh, is it just? Are we just having a hard moment? Are we having a hard day? Is is my kid lazy? Mm -hmm. You know, is this a larger character flaw that I have to work through? Like this is legit what people start to think, and they start to spiral. And next thing you know, they're hovering over their shoulder at the kitchen table, barking at them saying, I don't have the patience for this. And the kids looking up at them going, yeah, I don't have the patience for this either. And I didn't think this is what homeschool was going to be about. And I feel like resistance from our kids can have this intense avalanche effect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. do we do when we find ourselves in the initial snowball at the top of the mountain? How can we keep it from turning into the avalanche of, oh my gosh, that's it. I give up.
1: Well, the first thing is always remind yourself that no good decision is made from fear. And what you're talking about there is fear, fear of not doing enough, fear of not keeping up, fear that your child, because the, the honest truth is you're, you can't control, you really can't control what your child is going to decide to do and not do. Now, obviously I am all about being the parent and all of that, but when it comes to schoolwork. It's, it's a tough one. It's, it, it, you, you can make them do it. It'll be at the cost of the relationship. Um, and you, you know that that's probably not a good idea, but at the same time you really want them to be making progress. So the first thing I would do is just remember that take a breath and remember that no good decision comes from fear. Try to kick fear to the curb right off the bat and instead put that energy into asking some questions. Um, I always like to, okay. So if you're worried about a character flaw, I would say, first of all, is this the rule or the exception? What I mentioned earlier, okay. Is this just a bad day? Is this the third bad day in a row? Is this, you know, one bad day last week and one this week? That's still totally acceptable. It's still now, it's still the exception then and not the rule. Okay. So ask yourself that and then ask yourself, this attitude that this child is giving me is this, does this only happen with schoolwork or does this also happen with chores and anything else that I ask them to do? Because what's going to end up happening um, is that's going to tell you whether it's the schoolwork, that's the problem or the character that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So if you know, it's the character it's happening on all these other fronts too then maybe putting the math down and working on the character would be a better idea. And I do things like I would practice, I would have training sessions, whatever was going on. Like, say they're just answering me disrespectfully, consistently, not just with the schoolwork, but with everything else. Then we're going to practice. So I'm going to tell you to go do, um, I want you to go um, take those pillows over there and put them on the couch. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be anything, you know, productive, just something where you're telling them what to do and they're following through on it and saying, yes, mom, or whatever you want them to say. I I tried to encourage my kids to say, yes, mom. Okay, mom, whatever. Something, some sort of verbal acknowledgement and to say it in a tone that was respectful. So, of course, that usually didn't go well the first few times because they're in a habit, you know, so we need, we're breaking a habit. So I would say, OK, let's and then we would just keep doing it until they had consistently, respectfully answered me and gone and done the thing. And so that means maybe we're not going to get the math lesson done that day. We might not get any other homeschooling done that day. But at that moment, that is what needs to be dealt with. And because if it's not, nothing else is going to go well.
0: Mm -hmm. You're going to
1: continue, you're just going to, you know, um, wait too long and it's going to be frustrating for everybody. So um, now if you've done this and you realize, no, they're great about the chores, they, you know, the rule is they're respectful. They do what I tell them to do over here. It's just with the schoolwork. And there might be something wrong with how you're approaching schoolwork. Um, Some of my kids, I would tell them, I would just ask them. That's the first thing I would usually do. I'd be like, why don't you want to do this? Well, this is stupid. Well, why do you think it's stupid? Well, because we're never going to use this in life, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, I can explain to them how they are going to use it in life. Um, And if that doesn't work, then maybe they're going to say, "Um, there's just so many problems here and it takes me so long. And I say, I look at the problems and I'm like, "Oh, well, they all kind of look the same. So uh, why don't you do every other problem? Do one, three, five, seven, nine, you know, and all of a sudden I've cut their workload in half. They're still, there's, cause some of the schoolwork out there is super repetitive because some kids Never. need that. And you as a mom can go, no. Okay. How about this? You do every other problem. And if you get, um, you know, only one or two wrong, then, you know, then you don't have to do any more something like that. So we can actually come up with that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. my big thing is getting feedback from the kids. What is it? Are you, are, is it just, you know, is it actually math that's bothering you? Or maybe they're anticipating the next subject that they really, really hate. And so, you know, you you just got to ask them lots of questions. They Mm -hmm. will tell you eventually. And they're so much better. It's better to hear it from them because then you're actually getting the real answers instead of just, Taking a stab in the, in the dark. Um, Mm -hmm. so anyway, I hope that answered your
0: question. For sure. It was so wonderful. It's basically like, stay curious, get curious about your kids, stay curious as to what this is. You gave us a super simple way for us to determine if this is like something in the moment that actually has to do with school. And it just widens our lens, you know, takes us Mm -hmm. out of that moment, gives us an opportunity to press the pause button, instead of being like, ah, but I, but I, you know said we were going to do this from 9 to 9:15 hurry hurry you know that you know just putting that pressure on ourselves and our kids and one of my favorite things to do if um they're resistant to the ideas presented in a book or curriculum is to say, all right, so what is the, what is the skill that they're trying to get you to learn here? Um, You know, is it this story? You know, what are they trying to teach you here? What are they trying to get out of this? They're, you know, they're asking you to do this because they want you to be able to summarize really well. And I can tell you as a podcast interviewer, like this is being able to summarize things is one of my favorite things, you know, and I use it all the time and um, it helps me learn things faster in books. And I, anyway, I just basically break it down for them and say okay well if we're learning about money and this worksheet doesn't interest you let's go count our money let's see how much money we have let's go dig in the couch and see if we can yep. find any yep. money in there you know yeah. let's go get like start getting all the money out of the car any of that sort of stuff helps them learn and gets them physically moving and brings it into real life like okay. can we actually buy anything with the with the change we have in the car the answer is probably no but <laughs> But it's something that they could find out. And there's just so many options. I love this. You have helped us have this constant perspective of we're not stuck. We're Mm -mm. not stuck. No, you're not stuck. You're never stuck. It -hmm. might take
1: a little time to sit back and process and watch and listen and ask questions, but you will figure it out. You know, I I just, I have full confidence.
0: Oh, thank you. Yes. And if Dorenda's saying it, she means it, you guys. I can see it on her face. (laughs) Well, you offer so much loving support for families, and I was wondering if you could please share a little bit about the support that you offer, and I'll be sure to link to everything you tell us in the show notes.
1: (laughs) That'd be great. Um, Of course, the four-hour school day, which is available at most booksellers, Amazon, your local bookstores. I always encourage people, if you can, buy it from a local bookstore because we love supporting local small businesses. you can go to my website and and click through to get that. And let's see. My website is DorendaWilson.com, and I have written posts there. I Probably the biggest uh, thing I have on there are my podcasts, but you can also listen from Apple, Spotify, you know, all kind of the, the major platforms, and it's just the Dorenda Wilson podcast. Oh,
0: So good. So good. So good. Bookshop.org is also a great way to go to one central site and shop local too. And they've just given millions of dollars to um, local bookshops. So it's an interesting, interesting outlet there. Oh, my gosh! Thank you for all of that. Thank you for everything you've offered us today. Thank you for taking the time to write this book too. I also listened to it on audiobook and really enjoyed that as well.
1: Made oh. it totally
0: doable. Everything that you offer us reminds us that this life is doable it's a blessing. We have an honored role of nurturing our children and building their confidence and when we do that we we build our own as well and can see our worth so much easier. Dorenda, thank you so much for all you do. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me. This was great. That's it for this episode of Elevating Motherhood. Thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found some insight and inspiration, or maybe a little of both. If you like today's show, please leave a review on iTunes. I use your feedback to plan future shows and cover topics that serve you. You can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook links to those accounts are in the show notes. For more information, including today's show notes, head to elevatingmotherhood.com. That's elevatingmotherhood.com. Thanks again, mama. I appreciate you.